You're listening to the Digital Introverts Podcast, a show where introverts share their success and failure stories and discuss how they thrive in the digital age. I'm your host, Godwin Chan. Let's begin. Episode 20 of the Digital Introverts Podcast features Nicholas Kimple, an African-American Gen Z e-commerce entrepreneur. Nick started his first business at 16, Eternal Co., a personalized watchwear company that constructs individualized timepieces that can withstand the test of time. Outside of work, he focuses on activities that improve health, mind, and body. He spends a large amount of time meeting new people, reading, and jotting down new ideas. Nick later co-founded a few more entrepreneurial projects. Nick is passionate about people and is reachable at N-I-C-K-I-M-B-L-E on all platforms. Let's get right into it. Hello and welcome to the Digital Introverts Podcast. Today we have a very special guest. Everyone to my podcast is special, so but in any case, special guest uh, Nick Kimball here from New Jersey. Welcome to the show. Glad to be on. Great, uh, great connecting, and uh, you know we first connected through this uh, little email service called uh, podcastguests.com, and uh, you had a great conversation before. And uh, yeah, really super forward to uh, having kind of listening to your opinion on you know what it means to be an introvert in the digital age, right? So that's what we're here to discuss. And uh, you know, what do you think of the role of an introvert is in the digital age? Yeah, so I think what a digital introvert is in our age today is someone that's more to themselves in a sense, where it's not always that they feel as if they should be seen in regards to, you know, in a digital age, especially right now, where we have so many Instagram influencers, they post every single day, they're constantly showing 24 hours of their day. But for someone that's more introverted, you don't really want to show everyone what you're doing. You know, you could be doing something extremely cool, but you want to keep it really low key and keep it with those that you care about most to really know what you're doing. Yeah, yeah. And I think that that's uh, essentially the, you know, general uh, uh, sentiment is that, uh, oh, we have to share everything about our lives all the time, right? And you see people who do daily vlogs, for example, I'm like, that just sounds tiring to me. You know what <laughs> yeah, I mean? It's a lot of work. I know exactly what you mean. I think a lot of it's pushed by a lot of marketers, like especially Gary Vee, that he's really big. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, he's yeah, huge Gary, on, you know, he's exactly. super huge on content, content, content. I mean, and he's like, he, yeah. that, he posts every single second of his day. Like he posts when he goes to the bathroom. <laughs> Maybe not when he's doing his business, but uh, yeah, that's basically Gary Vee. Gary Vee, he's always like, oh, you, know, you can make 274 pieces of content from this one day, right? Yeah. You know, or whatever. And you see yeah. like, I mean, he has way he's so big because he has a whole film crew with him filming every single second of what he's saying all the time, right? Yeah, so, yeah. And, and that advocate for that hustle culture, you know what I mean? It's just, uh, I mean, that, I guess yeah. that's what it takes that worked for him for his media empire but honestly like if i was doing a day in gary v's shoes i'd be just exhausted and want to take the next month off of social media yeah, same. honestly yeah. if it was like a day in the life of like nick kimball as gary v i don't know how he's always so hyped with so much energy you know it's really insane how he keeps it going constantly constantly every single time but yeah for the most part i'd probably be sleeping in one of his like cars or something like that because it's always <laughs> super hyper and high energy yeah but obviously he's the quintessential extrovert right so it's uh again to each your own if you i don't know if you've seen any like tony robbins speeches but like he's always hyped all the time you know like you know in yeah. front of like people always talking all the time i'm like I can't do that <laughs> i'm not that type of person right yeah. again like it's that you know it depends on uh you know, obviously there are different types of, uh, of entrepreneurs, right? In that sense, right? And you see kind of more introverted entrepreneurs, they're more interested in building stuff, 
right? And yeah, for and, sure. It's like, it's like that. yeah, yeah. Really, how I see it is, you know, there's more entrepreneurs. Like more, if you look at like Instagram, social media, Facebook, Twitter, Snapchat, all the good things, you're gonna see a lot of entrepreneurs, kind of like Gary Vee, but a number of them are kind of faking what they're doing, where they're not really living that lifestyle. What they want to show is if they are. And then there's entrepreneurs on the flip hand that are more like Bill Gates, you know, a guy that really does the same work that his employees do, that he's able to do the code himself. You know, I feel like more introverts are more of those harder working people that understand at scale how it is to really build their business. So it really depends on do you want to be more like Gary Vee? Do you want to be more like Bill Gates? Or do you want to be in the middle? Or do you want to be the best version of you that you can be? Yeah, whatever that looks like. And that's honestly that, yeah, that, that flashy kind of entrepreneur guru kind of thing. Like you see it all the time. I mean, that's that's basically what <laughs> what, what funny, Instagram yeah, is, story. right? In that sense. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, funny story. That's actually what kind of got me interested in entrepreneurship. It does, it does allure a lot of young people in. It's you've probably, you've seen this ad. You've definitely seen this ad, but um, you've seen the In My Garage ad by Ty Lopez, right? <laughs> Freaking Ty Lopez, yeah. Yeah, Ty <laughs> Lopez, yeah. It was crazy. So I was in like, I was in like, I think it was like middle school or something like that. Yeah. And so it was the Ty Lopez ad. It always came up, by the way, because this was when um, it always came up. And he was I like, I wonder why, like, why is, why he's targeting his ads to middle schoolers? But okay, yeah. I don't know. It was super weird. Like even if I watched like an educational video for like school, yeah. Ty Lopez would come up and he'd be like, you, you guys know what I love more than you guys know what I love more than my Lamborghini? Knowledge. See, this is my bookshelf. <laughs> and then he. <laughs> <laughs> and so he would always do stuff like that and so that kind of got me enticed a little bit because like when you're young like you have a cool car a cool girl that's really what you that's want cool but yeah like, everyone loves that cool lifestyle of an entrepreneur yeah, it's like what that rapper know? rock star lifestyle yeah, really. exactly but like exactly. over time like your your things change like i don't want it like lamborghini and a million girls because that sounds like a million problems but <laughs> well <laughs> but, yeah <laughs> but one thing i can't take away from is that like reading was definitely one of the biggest things that's helped me as an entrepreneur and overall as a person you know because the thing about reading is that you're able to get accounts from other people yep. and that you're able to learn from people that have done it before you because one thing i know for myself is that the lifestyle and some of the problems that i may face they're not really so individual they're more of that someone else 50 years earlier than me has had the same issue and i'm just learning it from their take on it and so i'll add it to my repertoire and steal a few traits yeah yeah exactly and i think that that's a, such a good point you made right a lot of problems in business are very much timeless like they've Think about like uh, you know acquiring customers, right? Like getting customers to uh, to your platform, or your product or service, whatever the case may be. You think about like a hundred years ago. You think about like uh, what it takes to sell candy, for example, right? What what were the ways to to get people to know about your little candy shop, right? In New York City, for example, you probably just tell your family, put out an ad in the newspaper. You know, those are a thing still, actually. Paper, newspaper, you know, like, you know, things like that. And you think about now, if you want to promote a candy store, you'll create an Instagram account, whatever the case may be. So, and, you know, and you still can go with the good old, like, word of mouth kind of thing. So a lot of these problems are new, right? Um, they transcend time. And, and like you said, like a lot of, uh, you know, problems, issues in business that people face uh, are timeless. You can read about them and how people solve them, right? Yeah, it's definitely one of the best things I was able to learn was definitely reading the accounts from others because they're always able to give you like new information. And then not even if like, let's say your problem is relatively new, like especially, you know, with COVID-19 that we're living in right sure. now, this pandemic. Um, this is a completely new time, but there are certain skills and solutions that can still come from other stories that you can implement time in and time out. Yeah, definitely. In terms of, uh, you know, right, remote work isn't a new thing, right? There you go. Things like that. So it's just exacerbated because of the pandemic, right? It's just more, uh, more and more relevant, right? People are just 
happen to be stuck at home now, right? But uh, that notion, right, or, or the challenges associated with that aren't new either, right? So there's a lot of, lot of blogs, a lot of uh, content online talking about how to have the ideal work from home setup. What are the best productivity tools for you to, uh, you know, get your work done at home? How can you, um, you know, fix your back <laughs> or, your, or your other uh, posture issues, right? When, yeah, you're, yeah, yeah. when you're coding all the time, whatever the case may be. So again, it's, it's just knowing where to look for resources. And then again, you know, that's why, you know, even for me, like I, I also like reading as well. It's just cool. I mean, like, that's also the thing about uh, just reading in general. People think that it's, it's uh, boring because they're forced to read stuff they don't want to read, right? At yeah. least in school, yeah. right? So, but if you're wanting to learn new, new skills or new things that you actually want to learn about, right? Not just being forced by your teacher or whatever, uh, <laughs> yeah. reading is a great resource. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely agree. Like, I know, especially for myself, we do like summer reading. I feel like a lot of your viewers also know about that dreadful summer reading. Um, those books just never really, <laughs> those books just never really spoke to me. You know, you, you'd read them just to get a project, do a grade. But those weren't really stories I was interested in. But then when we really started getting to Think and Grow Rich and then Rich Dad, Poor yeah. Dad. Yeah, then, yeah, was, yeah. My, then like my love of reading more entrepreneurial leadership triumph was more of the types of books that I like reading, which in my school system, the curriculum, they don't have books like that. You know, you're learning about someone that to me seems irrelevant, but it's because each person has their own passion, their own dream, like that own vision that they have. And certain books are more specifically tailored to you because you're really the audience member. So I think that's the biggest thing when it comes to reading. I don't think people hate reading. I think people are reading books that just don't interest them whatsoever. Yeah, and that's why actually, it's, it's kind of sad to see, but that's why a lot of people actually drop reading as a hobby, right? Or a thing that they like to do. Yeah. And that they do in uh, like adulthood, actually. I've, I've spoken to a lot of people, actually, yeah, like you, actually, you know, really rediscovered their, their, uh, that they're really interested in reading business books, right? And that's why that's how they got back into, uh, into reading, right? Reading not just for the sake of, right, getting that grade or, uh, reading for the sake. I mean, yeah, you can read for enjoyment as well, but people are reading to be motivated, right? To see the success stories of, other entrepreneurs who've done it in the past and, and how their mindset was and, and, and things like that as well, right? How they overcame their obstacles, um, stories of triumph and stories of failure, things like that, right? So that's what people, uh, you know, some people, even for myself, like I started reading these books maybe a bit later than yourself, but, uh, you know, they're still one and the same, very intriguing because, right, uh, we're both in this kind of mindset of creating things and entrepreneurial entrepreneurship and things like that, so. For yeah. sure. And, and, you know, uh, and there's a lot of different ways to read nowadays also, right? People think that, oh, you know, um, you know, you have to, you know, read uh, using a good old paperback. But again, you know, I've I actually, you know, I used to be very traditionally minded in that way. I'm like, you know, I actually like to like flip pages, right? But I've been buying <laughs> yeah. more and more uh, ebooks recently. <laughs> yeah, same. I'm part, I'm part, huge, yeah. yeah, I'm not getting sponsored to say this, but <laughs> I'm a huge fan of um, Audible. Like, I know I love Audible. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, uh, yeah, this, is, this episode <laughs> is definitely not sponsored by Audible, but uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's definitely Audible because I know for me, I'm generally like a slow reader too. So like okay. when I have a paperback, it just takes me a longer time. But I start focusing on different things. Like I start like low key looking at like the font and I'm like thinking, dude, is this Times New Roman? <laughs> but, <laughs> but, oh, you pay attention to those things. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So I started noticing these different details and stuff. But when it comes to Audible, I like it a lot more because it sounds as if someone's literally speaking directly to you. And I just love more like conversational, more one-on-one -on -one type of interactions. So I know Audible definitely, and then it's more convenient too. Like, like, have you ever brought a book to like a family event? They automatically assume you think they're boring. <laughs> but no, I, I, 
I, I think I think for me, if I brought a book to like a family gathering, they would think I'm just the antisocial, basically. Yeah, they think negative things, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. But when you have your phone, since you already have your phone on you nearly every time, um, having an audio book is so much easier. And instead of, I know for me, instead of like listening to music, um, I just listen to audio book. I just feel as if it's a lot better because some of the music I used to listen to, like I still love rap and, you know. Sure, that's cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have, I have they, lots of playlists too, yeah. That's fine. Yeah. But those guys are not really speaking directly to me. Like, that's not really about my lifestyle. Like, trying to get, like, these girls in the club. <laughs> like, that's not... I that's mean... Not <laughs> like, that's not the lifestyle I live. So, like, reading yeah. a book about, like, where I really see myself heading is definitely more paramount, at least for me specifically. Sure. Yeah, I think that's... You know what's interesting, though? For me, like, I listen to a lot of podcasts, right? Um, you know, obviously, I'm a podcast host, but I do also consume a lot of podcasts on like entrepreneurship, venture capital, uh, what else? Personal finance, um, self-development, that kind of thing, right? So in that sense, I do that. I've tried audio, I've tried Audible before, audiobooks, you know, and I find that it's, while it's good, like I do enjoy that process i'm a very visual learner actually so i like to see things right so that's why i'm still like that's why i buy a lot of ebooks like in particular just like you know actual like text on on like on kindle right so um and for me that's a lot better i like i still like reading words on a page so but that's teach their own right so um, yeah. I might want to get back into audiobooks soon, but yeah. yeah, we'll see. But it's like really finding that system that really works for you. Like I know I just started getting, becoming a fan of podcasts since this pandemic. Because before okay. this, I really, I never really peeped podcasts. Like I didn't know they were so cool. Um, I'm not just saying this because like I'm on a podcast. But... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but no, like in reality, like I'm a huge fan of like the Tim, Tim Ferriss podcast, um, a number of others that are more like business yeah. oriented, but it's like really cool to get other people's perspective and you're just always like learning and engaging. Tim Ferriss, I swear Tim Ferriss's episodes are like what like two three hours long though yeah, yeah. i try to listen to those things they're, they're so long i have to listen to them through like several days just to get through them i don't know about you though yeah it depends on the type of content like for example like i can't ever listen to the entire joe rogan episode on in one <laughs> sitting it's so long right yeah but sometimes not, with joe rogan, like i know joe rogan like the podcast like number one in the world um sure. just signed specifically with spotify that's right but for me i'm not like i'm not like saying i'm not a fan of the podcast but sometimes it goes on like a weird like tangent where it's like kind of like really like it has such a great area where it's kind of weird <laughs> and like so sometimes it's interesting because uh that's literally that's joe rogan's job like he's a podcaster right that's his main job right and he gets paid millions of dollars to do it um and you know that's you know because the show is named after himself he can do whatever he wants oh. to do with it like in terms of like you see his guest list like whoever he brings on he brings on like anyone like literally anyone like you can be talking to you know elon musk one day and then you can be talking to alex jones the next right it's like it's that kind of spectrum right so he, it doesn't matter you can talk to anyone so yeah i do like agree with you like i have you know listened to like the, i think the first elon musk episode and a couple others as well like it can get a little bit weird sometimes that's true <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah i don't listen to joe rogan a lot so yeah that that's my extent of <laughs> my relationship with uh the jre the joe rogan experience so yeah i see i see him from afar i don't really peep too much of his content but i think yeah. joe rogan's a cool dude you know of course ufc i'm not like the biggest ufc fan but i love looking at clips from time to time and and that goes to show that uh you know podcasting can be a very legitimate platform for people and and for some people that's their career like you know tim ferris is a career podcaster too right so an author and whatever the case may be but a lot of people have built huge platforms right by doing this uh, by going through this medium and i'm sure you know that's for me like i discovered podcasting uh, or podcast rather last year 
actually. Uh, my first ever podcast was How I Built This by Guy Raz. I don't know if you listened to that one. Um, but it's because uh, you haven't or? No, I have. I have. Oh, I have, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So basically, it's, it's that classical, very entrepreneurship one, very focused one, right? Where you just brings in people uh, and talks about kind of their journey of being, being successful entrepreneurs, right? Um, yeah. And so, yeah, I'm very much in that space, you know, listening to I think it. also kind of expanding on that point a bit, like, especially the digital age as of right now, where people are getting full time jobs or being a podcaster, a YouTuber, social media influencer. Yeah, is that really, things, yeah. yeah, really, it just media opens up doors. Like I know specifically for myself running an e commerce business, it's definitely makes it easier to connect with more people. Because it's crazy that thinking back in specifically before the 1970s that your business only expanded as big as your network was. That's right. As many yeah. people as you knew in your area, uh, how many people you knew in your family, close friends. But now you're able to sell products, you're able to connect with people that you don't even, like even me being on your podcast. Before this, I didn't even, like we didn't know each other. You know what I mean? Well, like, yeah, we weren't part of the, yeah. We weren't a part of the initial network, but it's just such a great thing that so many different platforms, you can connect with different people and you can get on calls with, let's say, I want to talk to Kate in China. I can talk to Kate in China whenever I want. And then I can also use her network to make mine even bigger. Yeah. So that's like the greatest thing about the social media and really the media 21st century that we're living in. Well, that's just basically how social graphs have uh, evolved, right? And you think about, yeah, like you said, like, you know, like we mentioned earlier, like if you're built, trying to build a business like 30, 40, 50 years ago, like there's, uh, it was so much harder to do so just by virtue of the fact that you don't have all these kind of you know resources and technology nowadays to do it you know uh, and again it's as big as like you mentioned as big as the network that you have right and for some people right if they're born to people who have connections uh, it's much easier than say you're born to a family who doesn't have many connections or people who've just immigrated to a new country right um, and start f- starting from scratch it's just much harder that way. Uh, but now it's like, it's very seamless. Like everyone, you know, people build their networks in different countries and, and move there. And it's, it's very seamless, right? That way, you know, at the same time, because it's so much easier to reach everyone. And again, you know, uh, you know, we're talking about podcasting, YouTube, blogs, website, whatever the case may be. A lot of these content creation pieces is really what I like to call the democratization of media in general. So you think about podcasts, podcasting is basically the democratization of radio, right? You don't have to... Uh, yeah. Right, you, you know, you don't have to sign up for radio station to be a radio. Kind of the same radio way talk. with how YouTube Whatever. is really new cable. That's basically YouTube is new cable, right? Cable TV, basically, right? And and things like that, right? You know, it all applies that way, right? So you can get your message out really relatively quickly now uh, with your new thing. At the same time, though, because it's so much easier for everyone, there's just so much more competition for people's attention as well right? In terms of how you can stand out, how you can leverage the algorithm to promote your stuff. Uh, That's really relevant to YouTube, for example, right? And then that kind of game always changes all the time. So people, entrepreneurs have to always be on the top of their game in terms of new trends, new, you know, ways of doing business, things like that. E-commerce, you know, you know, if we're talking about e-commerce specifically, like that type of model has, you know, changed so much ever since the beginning of Amazon, for example, right? So yeah, I know specifically if you're kind of like myself and you like an independent e-commerce without using like Amazon and eBay, the models that we use, it changes every few months. You know, that's one thing that you always have to be keep your eye out to seeing how things are adapting, how things are changing. Because ultimately, it's not necessarily market change for your product, but it's trends for website development and different traffic that you're getting on different social media sites. 
Yeah, it's that kind of, it's looking at metrics really, right? At the end of the day, in terms of, you know, your conversions, your your click-through rates, your SEO, your all that, you know, search engine optimization, all that kind of stuff, right? So a lot of a lot of things on the back end that for an independent, I think is really important to, to take note of, right? Because if you, for example, if you're, you know, you partner up with one of the big e-commerce giants, you take like, you know, your Amazons, your Shopify's, your, you know, Alibaba's of the world, right? Uh, you put your stuff on their platforms. Uh, you already have, you know, that built-in kind of, you know, gigantic user base, right? That uh, can can uh, discover your product and things like that, right? You know, if people were interested in, in buying watches, right? Or bespoke watches or whatever the case may be. Um, but if you're independent, right? You have to do a lot of those things for yourself on the back end, right? So, yeah. It's more of that you're having a, I guess you're looking back a little bit older, like before 1970s, you're having to go back and kind of build a community again. We were trying to yeah, find yeah. people that are interested or have a similar vision that you have to share and you just keep building that vision from there. Yeah. And I think that that notion of community building has not disappeared on us, right? Even in the 21st century, like even for me with this podcast, that's exactly what I'm doing. This whole podcast is a gigantic exercise in community building, right? So my goal really is to, um, you know, build the world's largest community of introverts and, uh, you know, then to really empower at least a million introverts uh, worldwide, right? And I say that not you know, because I want to brag or anything, but I want to have that high level of impact and to, you know, again, you know, community building is much easier these days, but at the same time is a very long-term project as well. Right. I mean, unless, you know, we take an example of like, you know, um, you know, if you're starting a new company or a podcast, whatever the case may be, right. You know, if you don't, already have a built-in audience, you know, you have to start from scratch or the beginning, unless, you know, you're already you're famous and you have like millions of people who follow you, you know, of course, of course, your stuff will sell out. Of course, your, your, your podcast will get a million downloads, you know, each day, right? So you look at, yeah. you know, for and example, Kylie Cosmetics, too. right? Yeah, it's yeah. like, if, if Kylie wasn't famous or anything, like Kylie Cosmetics would just be another, just be some random person another random person's cosmetics <laughs> line. Out yeah, of a bajillion, exactly. right? But because yeah. Kylie already has a gigantic following and gigantic personal brand for herself, right? Through herself and her family, that's how she's been able to be so successful with that company, right? I think another thing to also tackle in regards to building a community is a thing that's also so different today is no one's a part of just one community. We're all a part of yeah. so many that's other true. communities. And yeah. especially if you're a company, a brand, there really isn't loyalty anymore in the sense of that it's just no, no, they no, no, go no. to you as one individual and they just keep buying from you. Most likely they're buying from other people. And that's like the big scare and the big fear for a lot of established companies already because they're understanding that their older dated their older um, users that used to be loyal and used to constantly buy products from them they're trying new options and they're just buying from other people too and they're spreading it that way yeah and, and that and that notion of brand loyalty you know as you put it is diminishing like you know greater uh you know a fast at a faster rate kind of every single day right just because of course there's always just the diversity of an allure of choice first of all. And then second is um, a lot of times, you know, people compete for either, you know, quality or price, right? So it's, it's very, it's hard. I mean, like, you know, and yes, you know, for, for example, if you're looking at like online tools for your business, like it's like, you know, if you're thinking about like creating an email list, like, okay, you know, you have a billion options out there, you know, you have your MailChimp, your convert kits, your whatever. And then, you know, you're looking for e-commerce sites, like I just listed them, you know, Apple or not Apple, Amazon and, uh, and uh, Shopify, whatever the case may be, right? So because there is no brand loyalty, necessarily, 
I mean, some people can be like, oh, you know, the ultimate like Apple fanboy or fangirl, whatever, right? You know, those yeah. people who attend like all those uh, those launch events or whatever. Yeah, like the expos and things like that. Things I know what like, you mean. Yeah, things like that. I'm sure like there are people who are loyal to specific brands, but at least from my perspective, right? For me, I'm very much brand agnostic in a lot of cases in terms of, okay, you know, what is the best product that can give me the best value at this point in time? Right. So I'm not, you know, I'm not married to a specific brand or anything. Right. So there, there you go. Yeah. And I think that also it kind of helps too in a bit where it's kind of making companies a bit more competitive now also where they're having to compete to make a higher quality product at a lower price for the customer. So it kind of goes in more like long-term how it can look better for the customer. But if you're already an established company, you may most likely go into business is what we're kind of seeing now with this pandemic. Yeah, just in terms of, uh, you know, and I think it's just a great boon for innovation as in general, because, you know, companies make better products to make better margins, right, on their, on their products. And at the end, the customer wins, should theoretically win, <laughs> right? Yeah. Sometimes it may not be the case. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> Quote, yeah. unquote, yeah, quote, unquote, win. I say that, you know, with big caveats, but in general, that should be theoretically the case, but uh, sometimes it just doesn't work out that way. It's definitely uh, very, very interesting. So yeah, you, you know, we did uh, kind of skirt around or, or dance around kind of, uh, you know, notion of, you know, uh, your company. So yeah, would really love to for, for you to tell the uh, listeners here what it is you're all about and how you got started with it. Yeah, so Eternal Co. is a personalized watch for company. And what we specialize in is creating watches specific to the user. And what we kind of mean by that is we make it 100% customizable to you and how the vision that you have, we're able to make that vision into a watch, which can become a reality for you or a loved one or a spouse or whenever you really need it. And how I started off with the company, I started my sophomore year of high school and me and my business partner, AKA also like slash best friend Div, <laughs> um, we, <laughs> yeah, we came up with the idea of kind of doing it because myself personally, I've always been a watch guy since I was in middle school school um since i was about sixth grade i've been a huge fan of um if you were into watches too you know this newspaper Houdinki. and i've always known a lot about watches but it was kind of like i had all this knowledge but i never put it to a project so like i knew everything there was to know about an ap a rolex um automapier but i've never put it into actually making a product so we came up with the idea he actually told me about what if we actually learned how to make a watch. And so we took up this one class that was out in um, New York. It was like a manufacturing course. And, you know, we learned a bit there from time after time. And we actually started making it ourselves, but it took way too long to produce in bulk. So we started trying to understand. We actually used through YouTube and reading a number of books, trying to learn how to find a manufacturer and really make a business. Because both of us, we don't come from an entrepreneurial family or entrepreneurial background. So a lot of what we're learning is really self-taught and we're learning as we go. And one thing I will say is it's been one of the, I know funnest isn't a word, but I'm creating (laughs) most fun. Yeah. (laughs) Just in in context, one of the most (laughs) most fun (laughs) things that we've been able to do. Um, Because the thing about entrepreneurship too, is that it's not just we're creating a brand or a company. It's that we're also, as we were talking about before, and even on this podcast, we're trying to create a community, you know, just being able to see the faces you're able to touch with your customer, or even, you know, that that high schooler that's like, dude, you just got my drip right. You know, even little things like that are just massive compliments. And it just makes us want to continue to work harder and continue to be consistent. And individually, we've grown as people too. Like I know myself, I used to not necessarily want to engage with other people because I felt as if they had nothing to offer. But since now getting into business, it's not necessarily that I think everyone's going to become a customer. It's definitely not it. But you're able to keep constantly learn from them 
And so it's just giving back to this community you're trying to build. I know even for my business partner, Div, we've been both been able to learn new things about public speaking, engaging sales. Like before I started this e-commerce, I didn't know anything about it. I didn't start off with using eBay or drop shipping or reselling. I just started or, by doing FBA or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. I just started off by doing and I started off by learning along the way. And I just started looking at different books that really put me on like Tim Ferriss, that for a work week was definitely a game changer, rich dad, poor dad, game changer. But one thing you see with a lot of these books though, is they guide you in the right direction but they don't tell you specifically what to do. And that's something that really caught my eye when it came to entrepreneurship. Because a lot of times, especially in like our schooling system, is you're creating a solution to a problem that's already been solved. Yeah. The thing about being an entrepreneur is you're creating problems that haven't really been solved yet. You're the one having to find the answer and find the solution. So every day, even when I'm in my house or I'm out in public, I feel as if I'm always constantly doing research in the field to gain and expand our business to the next level. Right. And I think that that's kind of the mindset you'll you, you just naturally have, right? And in terms of, you know, looking at, again, you know, entrepreneurs are really keen on, you know, identifying problems, but how to, how to fix them as well, right? And how to provide value, um, you know, that way, right? And, and I'm sure like you do, <laughs> you just mentioned it, right? Kind of a lot of field research. And I'm sure you're hyper-focused on, uh, you know, what watches, watches people wear, right? things like yeah, that definitely right? and i think definitely one of the biggest things i learned is also one huge thing about being an entrepreneur is ego um i know when i first started yep. as i told you before when i was in middle school i've always had the fascination with watches i've known a lot about it for yeah. quite some time but i used to think of myself as like the expert but not necessarily like an expert on watches but an expert on what people want even though as an entrepreneur you should really take your ego to the side and understand what your customers really want you know, we put data surveys and different customization options as a forefront of before we come out with a product. You know, yep. we're constantly trying to know what our customers want before they even want it. You know, that's really our ultimate goal is the more we're able to know about our customer, the better we're able to service them and the better we are to be as a company and build the next great watch products for tomorrow. Right. And I think that's such an important point because you just mentioned in terms of sometimes your customer base doesn't know what they really want as well. You have to tell them, right? You know, no one really asks, asks for an iPhone, right? In the early 2000s, let's be honest, right? There's like, yeah. we all just, we were using our Motorola's and Nokia bricks and whatever, right? Um, but <laughs> then Apple was like, hey, you know, we can make phones as well. Um, and, and we'll uh, make a touchscreen, whatever, right? Um, suddenly now it's like, oh, everyone needs one, right? So again, it's all about that helping your customers find what they really want and deliver value that way. You know, I did uh, ask you this before, but how has that your your uh, e-commerce company been been doing in terms of, I think you started a couple of years ago or one year ago. Um, and how has that process been like for you, you know, especially now um, during this pandemic? Yeah, now, you know, we're living through a global pandemic. Definitely have this in the history books. At first, when it hit March, it was, we're supposed to have another drop because how we kind of do our e-commerce business is we like to do seasonal releases. Okay. So we'll do one each season. And so that's usually how we like to do it. But this time around, we could have dropped it. We actually already had the product. We already had some dope images. We already had a few pictures with a few of our models. But we thought it was extremely morbid to come out with a product when a global pandemic's happening around us. And this was when it was like the peak. We were going to drop it around June, May time. Okay, yeah. This yeah, was yeah. when it that was pretty really, serious. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so that's when it was really serious. And it was at the peak of a pandemic. And just thinking it from the perspective of a customer is that you're a 
brand that's trying to build a community, but you're, you're coming out with a product when people are dying. You know, that was just such a negative thing for us. So we kept trying to learn new ways in which we could still serve our community. So going into now, you know, we're doing a back to school giveaway. That's really okay. trying to help and aid people during this time and hopefully give away as many cool watches as we can to as many people as really wants them. So that was really our way of trying to do a give back and keep trying to push this community everywhere we go. Yeah, and, and definitely being the, you know, for companies to be very vigilant about the the broader environment, right? Business or, or cultural environment is, is definitely very crucial, right? Because, you know, if you had, for example, really did that drop, right? In, in the height of the pandemic, not only, uh, you know, sales, you know, not be where you wanted them to be, but also you can seem very tone deaf to people as well, right? Yeah, because like, oh. I think the one thing that I definitely love, especially from like Gary Vee and Simon Sinek is perspective. Because when you're doing a business, is it really that you want to make a quick sale? Or do you want to have the same customers keep going, keep coming to you over and over again? You know, that was really more of our mentality was this may be a short term L, but it's going to be a long term W in the end. So that's really how we're looking at it. Yeah, that that's uh, such a good point, and just uh, that's basically the crux of business in general. It's just you really have to have that long term vision of uh, where you want things to go and to be, and to develop those relationships with your your customers, right? In that sense, it's justified really to have that short, you know, have that short term loss for future gains, right? That's exactly why you know some of our biggest companies, you know, are unprofitable, right, for a very long time because they want to scale. That's exactly it, right? And so in, in the hopes of future profitability and, and have that, you know, gigantic user base to, to tap into, right? So that's exactly why they, they, you know, engage in something that seems counterintuitive, but it does make sense. Yeah. Because as of right now, especially if any type of startup is you're, as you said, with scaling, you're trying to find out what system works best for your company. You're still trying to find out as much as you can about the users that are buying your product or your service. You're still in such a research mentality and you're just constantly gaining knowledge in this sense. Yeah, no, no, definitely. You're, you're always experimenting. You're always doing A-B testing. You're always trying to find optimizations, things like that, right? There's, there's always, always anything can be more efficient than it currently is, right? For example, right? Even for like, you know, your watch company, for example, right? For Eternal, it's like, okay, you know, how can, can I be more efficient in the manufacturing process, marketing, whatever the case may be, right? So there's basically, for me, that's what business looks like. It's just a series of optimizing particular processes, processes, um, you know, in, in place to be able to satisfy the customer. Customers always the VIP in that sense, right? And, you know, that's basically your customers are, what drives business, right? If there's no customers, there's no business, basically. So, Yeah, it really is that simple. If there are no customers, there are no business. So like the first people that we always have to serve at the end of the day is our customer. You know, it's it's always kind of like, say, like at fast food places, the customer's always right. And <laughs> in or regards, retail in general, yeah. <laughs> yeah, retail in general, the customer's always right. In terms of how we engage with them, yeah, they're always going to be right, you know, because we can always engage them in a better way and understand how to communicate more effectively. You know, so they're always right in that regard. If they're trying to give us knowledge on like how to make better watches, I don't know about that. Like, <laughs> <laughs> but no, it's all jokes. But no, we're always trying to still like learn. So like anyone that wants to share with us or send us an email or answer one of our surveys, um, we're always looking at it. We're always trying to create new data. And we always have discuss free, dis free and open discussions about how we can change the 
game of watch where and keep creating new cool stuff yeah i guess like you know to uh, you know to that end you know since you brought it up uh you know what do you think is the real the what do you think is the the value proposition for eternal like what makes your watches stand apart from other watch companies so the biggest thing that makes our watches stand apart from others is that we put 100 percent of our designs into fruition you know when it comes down to making really i guess better to talk about how we started one thing that we kind of took as kind of like an inspiration model was a custom suit if you're a guy yeah the custom yeah. suit Taylor's is really the yeah. peak yeah, yeah the custom of a spoke suit is really the cr- top tier but if you're trying to get it and you're still a hard-working individual but you have to put your fund through something else you can't afford that bespoke suit yeah you, ha- you have to settle for what the store gives you you have to settle the people that buy eternal watchword they don't settle they know what they want, but they don't need to pay a ridiculously high price for something that's overpriced in quality, overpriced in so many other regards. You know, the people that buy Eternal Co. Watch, they understand how important it is to really treat themselves and how it feels to have a custom product. You know, I know for me and Div, once we had a watch that had our names on it, it just changed the game. You know, we, I felt like I was like Drake for a minute in a music video. You know, (laughs) you know, like you really are on cloud nine and our customers feel the exact same way to be able to have that and share that with someone else. Even if it's not having your name on the product, let's say you want to have a birth date that means something so new to you. You know, the amount of people that we've been able to touch that have had marital ceremonies has really touched our hearts as, you know, the founders, but just keeping it going is always trying to create something innovative and always trying to push something. And at the end of the day, we want to make sure that it's a fair price, that we're not just upcharging people and that we're trying to take this from them. We want to make it an exchange. That's really how we see business and how we see everything we do. It's an exchange of ideas. It's an exchange of creation. It's an exchange of what we're trying to do now and continue to do for the future. So really where Eternos heading at scale is really just more of the most custom oriented watch company in the world. That's really how we see it. Even though we're still a startup, of course, we have some big goals for ourselves in the next five to 10 years. So we're just constantly working today as if it's our last. I think that's such a good mindset to have. And you think, and just, you know, thought came into my, you know, into my mind is basically, you're basically like Zappos in that sense. I don't know if you know, you know, Zappos, the, the shoe, like the shoe selling company. Yeah, I do but, know Zappos. Yeah, yeah. So Zappos, I mean, you, you know, you, you look at uh, Tony Shea and them and what they'll tell you is that we're not a shoe company, right? We're here in the business of customer service. I think that I can see that uh, you can do something very comparable with eternal coal in terms of watches right you think about you know a lot of you know obviously the the companies that uh that you mentioned before and and you know you know a lot about the market a lot of these watch companies actually very old as well right um you know very kind of uh you know legacy companies a lot of uh and they really have built that brand loyalty over the years for a lot of people, right? And and things like that. I mean, having someone newer come into the picture, I think, is such refreshing take on that on that type of industry. I don't know. I think that's pretty cool. Yeah, I definitely agree. You know, and we gain inspiration from a lot of these legacy companies and brands. You know, because they're the ones that really pioneer design, but they're not continuing to pioneer design. They're constantly putting out these older products. They're not changing it up. They're not giving really the people what they want. So that just opens up new doors for us at Eternal Co. to give the people what they want, to give the people what they, not just what they want, but really what they deserve. You know, they deserve a better product. They deserve something that's customly tailored to them. And they deserve something now in the 21st century that's going to be able to help them even more. Yeah, definitely for sure. So, you know, you did briefly mention it, but what are kind of your your long-term goals or your goals kind of, uh, you know, five years out from here on? 
Yeah, so five years out from here on, one of our biggest goals is to be an e-commerce site that's also expandable to other nations. As of right now, we're solely based in the U.S., but we really want to expand this with other nations also and trying to do that for our next five to 10 year plan. Okay, yeah, and be, be very kind of, uh, you know, a global brand in that sense, right? Of, of being able to... Uh... You know, distribute your product uh, worldwide as obviously as much as possible. Yeah, I guess like you know that's very very much commendable, and uh, I'm sure like you'll you'll have lots of fun exploring import duty laws and things like that. I'm just gonna tell you that. <laughs> yeah, that's by far the one thing I definitely realized about this entire entrepreneurial journey is like the amount of laws, <laughs> like the legal, yeah yeah all the legal stuff. It. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 good. It's, it seems super, in, one thing I say, like, especially to your viewers is that it seems extremely intimidating. Like they make it intimidating on purpose, obviously. So you don't like yeah. commit any, that you don't um, break well, yeah, any laws. Yeah, you commit but, crime or whatever. Yeah. 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 But you as an individual, you just have to keep learning and you, that's, that's the thing, like we'll keep learning. So I know for myself, you know, going to college very soon, we're still learning. We're still students of the game. You know, I feel as if we're a student more of life. You know what I mean? We're not just in Through the classroom life. learning. Yeah. yeah. You know, we're always engaging. We're always learning. And we're always just trying to expand so that we can become the best versions of ourselves when it comes to that 10, 20 year plan. And and at the same time, you know, we were just talking about long term plans. You know, you always feel free to be flexible with that, you know, and to, to pivot whenever necessary as well. Right. You can always change your plan. Right. It's not like you have to follow this one path. If you don't follow this, you're, you're out, out of your failure. Right. You can always change it. And you have to give yourself permission to to do that as well yeah you know this is such a great fun conversation and uh, i'm sorry that you know we couldn't get your get your business partner on here today uh unfortunately due to uh just to some technical difficulties but thank you again for coming on to the show and for providing uh such great insights into yeah just the world of entrepreneurship and uh you know kind of your insights and uh yeah your journey so far and i'm sure you know wish you always the kind of you know best of uh, luck and success and going forward i can't wait to see what eternal co is going to be like in five years time i really appreciate you know godwin it's always an honor to be on this podcast always an honor to really talk to you and definitely you're you're also on the goal of reaching one million digital introverts i'm not a lottery type of guy but i'm just going to put a guess here i think it's going to be under two years under two, okay. <laughs> Under two years. That's that's what it, you know. We're we're speaking into existence. You know, we're on that Henry Ford right now. So I think yeah. I think it's possible. You have the work ethic. You have all the tools. Right now, it's really execution. And I think you got it, man, honestly. So honestly, I think I think so too. You know, again, you know, it's just kind of that positive affirmation kind of thing. You know, you don't look at it as, you know, you're trying to brag or anything. You're just speaking it into existence. You're reaching for the stars. You're trying to uh, achieve the impossible. What do you think is the impossible kind of thing, right? And once I once I achieve uh, the million, I'm going to change the million to a billion, right? You know, so Ooh, a billion. Ooh. That is going to be. Pass, man, trying to pass Oprah numbers. <laughs> <laughs> but hey you know i need to, i need to reach the million first right so we'll, we shall yeah, for sure yeah it's like you have to hit 10 to then reach 100 and then 100 then to thousand but um if you always have such really big goals you're going to accomplish way more than if you had smaller goals you know what i mean exactly that's that's the whole point right for me like i was for a long time when i was younger i always set like really small attainable goals for myself and and you do get a little kick of satisfaction when you do achieve them but then um you know there then there's that instant set of uh, or a sense of regret as well and saying that oh why couldn't i achieve more right and it's like oh this was too almost too easy right so uh you know i'm done with that kind of small level of thinking right that's why i'm like I'm setting these uh, really, you know, high kind of audacious goals for myself because even though I don't make it up to that uh, pinnacle, I'm so much closer to, to those higher goals than if I just set a really small goal for myself and I reach that. Yeah. So.
hands down, like even for myself and my business partner, let's say something crazy goes down and our business just gets underway or anything like that we still personally have gained so much from this experience i don't know it's like the way you look at a loss is so kind of funny where it's like we've still gained so much more that even if this doesn't work out the next business we start is going to work out you know what i mean that if you can just ex you can expand the thing about really knowledge is that dude i really sound like ty lopez oh my god (laughs) (laughs) i'm actually speaking to ty lopez right now (laughs) (laughs) oh my goodness i didn't man i didn't peep till a second but (laughs) but really you can take it in so many different facets you know because once you learn something you can constantly use it for so many other skills and traits yeah exactly and that's again you know you know going beyond just business entrepreneurship, right? This is just self-development at its core. And where am I today? What do I want to improve on? What do I want my future self to look like? And how am I going to get there, right? And commit to getting there. So it's, you know, that is, again, you know, being a student of life, that's the journey, right? Of always being a better version of yourself uh, in the future than you are today, right? And uh, especially in the past. So, um, you know, never stop learning, never stop growing, always aim high. And yeah, you know, ha- have that growth mindset. You're bound to succeed in some way, right? you know, depending on, uh, you know, whatever success looks like to you, right? So it doesn't matter. So I think such that's such a healthy mindset to have. Yeah, hands down. But uh, in any case, <laughs> this, this thank you was getting really long, but <laughs> thank you again. <laughs> uh, but uh, oh, the last thing I was going to ask you is uh, people were interested in learning more about kind of yourself and Eternal Co. Where can they uh, look? Yeah, so you can find me on Instagram, Twitter, all social media at Nick Kimball. Um, it's with one eye for so it's n-i-c-k-i-m-b-l-e uh god will give all the, the info on that yeah, yeah it's gonna be in the show terms, notes but yeah yeah so in terms of watch where you can find us at eternalco.com spelled out said <laughs> so there won't be too many issues there and i'd love to see you guys soon perfect sounds good thank you so much and we'll uh, catch up soon yeah sounds great thank you thanks for listening to the digital introverts podcast If you've liked what you heard, please consider subscribing and leaving a review wherever you listen to podcasts. Don't forget to follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at D-I-G-I-I-N-T-R-O-S-H-O-W. Join the Digital Introverts Community Facebook group at D-I-G-I-I-N-T-R-O-G-R-O-U-P and visit the website at digitalintrovertspodcast.com. You can also follow me on all social platforms at Godwin H.S. Chan. I appreciate everyone who listens to the show, and let's change the world quietly.